You're listening to Mindspill, a podcast dedicated to talking about everything and anything that could be of interest to me, my friends, and my family. Hey, this is Pewter Chi looking up for past Chi. Um, I just wanted to preface this episode by saying that we had to kind of chop up this episode. Um, with recording, so you'll hear it kind of chop up a little bit. You'll hear some background noises, uh, background voices from a security guard and a lovely front desk person. Um, we didn't get a chance to fully round out this episode, so hopefully I will have Marie back in a future one. Thanks. We'll do it all already. No, that's fine. Okay, yeah. so... Welcome back. I am joined by my friend Marie. We are re-recording this because I'm a dipshit. Um, no, not at all. So my friend Marie and I, we met at Lush three years ago, as we talked about. Um, but she originally is from Chicago, and so she's going to tell us how she came to Minneapolis. Um, the original recording had me tell this incredibly long story, but I'm going to try to shorten it a little bit. I mean, it was uh, so good. Yeah, but basically, um, I actually have... Um, I actually have a friend that's from Coon Rapids, uh, but I actually met someone in Chicago. I didn't actually meet him in Chicago. That's the story I tell everyone, but he actually found me online, um, lives in St. Paul, had previously lived in Chicago, somehow came across my live journal, which blast from the past is like pre-Tumblr. So if you don't know what live journal was, it's before uh, Tumblr existed before Facebook circa like Friendster or whatever. Um, but basically like I had, I kept the blog. He had commented on it. We had become really good online friends. Uh, my friend Amber, who's from Coon Rapids wanted to come up to Minnesota and like come back home and visit. So she asked if I would want to come with her. And I said, yeah, sure. And I was like, I actually have this online friend that I've never met in real life. Let's go and meet him. And so, um, I was like, will you meet a complete stranger with me? And she was like, yeah, sure, why not? So we came and met Owen, and one of Owen's roommates is this guy named Marlon. And um, Marlon was like, and this is how he is to this day when people meet him. He's kind of like too cool for school, but like has this like weird, cool vibe about him and kind of has like a natural charisma that, like people just automatically like him. He doesn't have to say very much. And people are like, yeah, he's really cool. I really like him. Like most people like him more than they like me. Um, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so like during the whole weekend, like we kind of met up multiple times with like Owen and my friend Amber and got to know this, you know, I was like, this guy's super cool. Like he's funny. He like says stupid shit. I really like him. I want to get to know him. And so when we got back to Chicago, um, I used another old school platform called MySpace uh, to message him. <laughs> and uh, so we messaged through MySpace. Ultimately, we started a long distance relationship. And uh, and then a year later was kind of when we were like, okay, you know, we can't keep being in separate spaces. So I moved to Minneapolis 11 years ago this July. Woohoo! <laughs> you were like... I need to read more than There's been like um, a lot of things that I feel like I've had to re-record, but I'm just like, whatever. If I'm re-recording, it's just because the episode or like the audio I just never extracted from Audacity. So I'm like, fuck it. 
I'm just going with it. Who fucking cares? Stupid shit. Well, I'm glad you met Marlon. Otherwise, we would have never met each other. Well, I guess I'm glad you met Summer. I'm glad you met, um, what's her face? Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> so that you could connect to everyone to get to Lush. But, man, that'd be like a different life if like I would have started at Lush. And like, had we not gotten close, like, we just wouldn't know each other. It's, it's because, kind of a weird thing to think about. Yeah, because then you were still like at Staples. Like full time, and then you were juggling AT and T. Then imagine you had just done AT and T, and then like we never talked to each other. Then it was just been like, oh, there's another coworker. <laughs> Bye. Right. But yeah, I know it is weird because I mean, you know, like Summer's one of my closest friends, and um, I worked at Lush full time, but then I like went back into sales and like. I don't know. I always like, I loved working for Lash and like, I just always was connected to it. And yeah, when, when summer was manager, like I just, I still like wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's weird thinking that like, had she not worked there or like, had I just decided I didn't want to work a second job. Like Lash is how I met like the closest friends I have, you know, like you and Mm -hmm. like Leah, like summer, like, I don't, I don't know what my experience would be like in Minneapolis had I not was not decided to like take Lush as a second job yeah. and like try to meet people because it's, you know, the reality is like as an adult, it's really hard to make friends. Oh, so fucking hard. <laughs> well, it's hard um, to uh, like, you know, like I said in the last one to like put your trust in someone enough to like for them to become close to you or like to become your friend and to trust that they're not going to like, hurt your feelings in the end or even just transition. Yep. Like, like you could be super close at work and like get along really well and be happy to be working with each other. But it's like, it's even transitioning out of that workspace and being like, let's Perfect. take it offline. And like, let's actually like maybe hang out in a different setting where we're not like mm-hmm. forced to be with each other. Like we can actually maybe want to go eat or get a drink. Like that's even like a huge step in itself, no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and even like taking it, feeling comfortable in your own skin to like take that initiative with someone and just be like, I would like to hang out with you outside. And I think what brought me and you together was EDM, really. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We knew that that fear of rejection was not there. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it's so funny how that exists. Like, when you're dating, I mean, I haven't dated in a while, but like when you're dating or like when you're courting a friend that you want to be your friend, like all those things will apply. I'm like, oh, shit. Right. And even just, like, what like what can connect you to maybe want to, like, take it outside of work. Like, like I think the first time we hung out was audience. So it's, like, we had, like, that was, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, that, that was that was a scenario where you're, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to the show. Do you want to come with? And I'm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't been to an EDM show ever mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Like, yep. I would love to go. Now you're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, in other scenarios, if you don't listen to EDM or whatever, it's, like, finding that way to like that outlet to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. I would like to do this. Like, would you like to do it with me? Yep. It's hard. Got to try new things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Making friends is hard. Forget it. It is. It's funny. I actually put on, I actually um, tweeted this morning. So I went to go work out this morning. I went to yoga and then I was getting ready and I, I don't know. I, I usually don't try to like, 
at, like add like try to like start conversations with people out of nowhere. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, I just I just go with it and I just start talking. You know, you know, it, I am naturally an extrovert, and so I don't know. I was getting ready. And these two women were talking about the class they had just got up. And they were like, oh, my gosh, that was it was really great. Like, whatever. I had actually taken yoga that day and, or today, and I normally take sculpt. Um, and so I was like, oh, were you talking about the sculpt class? Mm-hmm. And the one woman, the one woman didn't even respond to me. The other woman said, no. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> and, like, and then she didn't say anything. Like, you know, you would think she would be like, no, we were talking about this other class mm-hmm. or we took this class or whatever. Mm-hmm. She just was like, no, silence. And I, I just sat there and I was like, I was waiting for her to continue mm-hmm. and she didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, and she didn't, and she didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. She like didn't continue. She didn't say anything. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. Like, sorry. I even spoke. And she just still didn't say anything. Just like continued to get ready. And I was like, okay, well, that was really cool getting shut down. And like, I was like really trying to like mm-hmm. make some sort of small talk with you. And you obviously didn't want to have any part of that. And so I was like, it, it's, you know, living in Minnesota, it's a lot different than in Chicago. Like in Chicago, you can strike up a conversation with anybody and people will respond to you. But that was like one thing I learned about living here. It's like, it's people are very like, close to the chest and if they don't want to talk to you they just won't and that's okay and like even working retail like you've mm-hmm. noticed that especially working <laughs> in a place like Lush like you try to like start that conversation yeah. like have you ever been to Lush and they'll just turn around and walk away yep um and like so I'm used to it but just like every like still when that happens I'm like shit that like that stings like mm-hmm. well especially <laughs> like because you're trying to make friends in like an environment that you're usually in because you're at lifetime this morning not core power right no yeah do you do you think it's like because of the environment at lifetime like do you have those conversations did you have those conversations when you were at core power with people ever like like trying to make conversation and they would like chat with you or actually it's actually I've had more conversations at lifetime surprisingly so like right before that happened which is probably why I was like oh I should maybe try to strike a conversation this woman was actually like completely talking to me like um, I couldn't get into my locker. And so I was in a towel. I just got out of the shower and I was like, holy shit, I like can't get into my locker. I'm locked out of my own locker. How am I going to like find help to help me? So I'd asked the woman next to me, I was like, Hey, like, are you like leaving the locker room? I, I need help. Like I need someone to come and help unlock my locker. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, I think I saw someone like cleaning the bathroom. And I was like, okay, cool. So like, I didn't have to like walk out into the gym. half naked. <laughs> yeah. Like I had like had my hair in a towel and like, I was like half naked. I was like, thank God. And so like, then we get like her and I got to talking, like, mm-hmm. you know, I told her about my job and she told me about her job and like where we work downtown. And like, it was a really friendly conversation. So I think I was like on that high of like having a conversation with a complete stranger. Cause she was like, okay, I got, like I'm going to class, but like, it was really good talking to you. And so like when these two women were talking, I like thought, like maybe that same energy would trans translate and it didn't like I was completely like <laughs> shut down and yep. I thought, okay, all right, well, not for everybody, mm-hmm. I guess. So yes, but 
mostly at Lifetime, I like it's more so than when I was working on a core power. Like I've definitely had a lot more like friendly conversations. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first attempt at actually attempting it myself. Cause most of those times I've been solicited mm-hmm. and having a conversation, I've been responsive. So the time, like the time that I was like, okay, I should actually try to initiate a conversation. I got shut down. So like, I'll admit, like, I'm never going to start a conversation with everybody <laughs> whenever yes. again. You kind of just, like, retreat back into your hole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just going to get ready by myself yeah. and, like, not talk to anybody ever again. Well, it's it's kind of funny because – so we both worked in, like, management. She's still in management. Crazy lady. <laughs> um, but when you – it's almost like when you're conversating with someone or, like, networking, you, like, have your – manager hat on you're like okay if I can do this at work and I can start these conversations with people I can start it with a random stranger and then you get in there and you're like I don't want to do this anymore yeah <laughs> like, I can't I'm like if we were talking about bath bombs or uh clothes <laughs> like sure <laughs> that's exactly how it is I mean especially like I do sales for both of my jobs and so I do have to be very outroverted so like I think in my personal life I'm like I'm like oh yeah I can I can put that, I can put myself out there more. And then, yeah, it's, it's not the same. I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not comfortable at all. Nope. That's when they're like, you need to network. I'm like, I can't. No. Um, even when I did like my first hip hop class. So I did that one by myself. Like I didn't have anyone with me. And I was like, fudge. I was just like, I'm like not going to know anyone. I'm out of my element. Cause then the friend who introduced me to the class, she no longer goes to that studio. Um, and I was just like, dang it, like no one's going to be there. But she was really encouraging. She's like, you know, you'll make friends. Like same people are usually there. So go in. And then I see this girl sitting there and she, I thought she was like a regular there. And I'm like, oh, like, is this your first class? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like someone new to like start the class with. And there's actually maybe like six of us. So in the class that you came to, was it just two? Two yes. new people? Yeah, I think and so. And you were one of them? Yeah. But when I started, there was maybe like five or six of us that were new to the class. And then... Um, so I was making a conversation with this girl. I think her name is Catherine. And then there was just like at one point she just like shut down and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore because like the class was getting like, like too much for her. Like, like the steps were. Yes. And so I was still like trying to encourage her on the side, like you can do it. Like you've got this. And then she like left really fast after the end of class. But everyone else that like maybe I've had a couple classes with now, they're all like super friendly. So I'm like, God damn, is it me? <laughs> This is just her. Well, I'm like, okay, see, see you never. And she never came back to another oh, class. No. I think like it just wasn't her speed because she likes to do like salsa. Oh. And I'm like, I mean, it's just a couple more like footwork things, but yeah, scary to do something new. It is. Including starting a conversation with people. Yeah. Fuck it. It was funny because I, I was it. you know, your your sister cut my hair yesterday or today. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I was like, when was it? It was yesterday. And we, and we talked about hip hop class, like um, me going with you that one time. And like, it was, it was a great class. I was so uncomfortable. It was like, <laughs> it was way out of my comfort zone. I felt too old doing it. And, and that like, and PZ pointed it out. She was like, you were really uncomfortable. Right. And I was like, I was super uncomfortable. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, I'm thankful that you introduced me to that experience because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Like, there's yeah. no way I would have put myself in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, super awkward, and I, like, felt completely out of my element. But, like, in the end, I finished, and it was fine, and I was able to do the routine. Mm-hmm. And, 
Like I, you know, I, yeah, like, like that girl, like I wish she kind of stuck it out. Cause it's like, at the end you would have been like, I did it and mm-hmm. it's okay. And like, it wasn't yeah. my best work, but like <laughs> I went through it and I followed along and mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, but it's okay. Yeah. Oh man. Did Beasley tell you about like our yoga class in Chicago? A little bit. So we yeah. did the yoga class. I haven't done a yoga class since like college. And yeah. that was like my first, second year of college. And then I was like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Like I can do this. And then we started doing, so I'm not used to like a classroom setting where they're like just kind of like rapidly going through like the flows. And it's like, if you don't understand like what they're saying, then you're not going to know what position to be in. So yeah. I was like, okay, half rise, full rise, whatever, like swan dive. Okay. Like. I can do these things. Yeah. But so I felt like I was craning my neck up to see her all the time, like to see what she was doing because I didn't understand what was happening. And I was like, okay, like. Was she actually like showing each step at least? Yes, she was showing each step, but she was moving through it like very fast. There was no like introduction. Like, I don't know how like a normal yoga class is, but there was no like, is it your first time for anyone and like being in a classroom or has it been a while since you've been in one? It was all just like, you must know yoga because you're here. So let's just get into it. And we're like, okay, like blocks. I don't use blocks. Like I've never <laughs> used blocks in my practice before. Right. Not that I practice, but like when I did, like I never like, use blocks. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I mean, whatever. What are mods? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Whatever. That's fine. It was a good class, but like, you know, yoga is not the thing that I do. I'm like, I can do like a dance class. Yeah. I can like feel in my element there. But I'm like, I'm just sweaty and on a mat. <laughs> would you Duck do it in. again? Or do you think? Like- I mean, I would. Like, I I don't doubt that my body could like do yoga. It's just, it's not my preferred like method of exercising or like meditating. Like, that's not my preferred method. Yeah. Like, I would much rather like go on a walk and like think on things. Security guys coming. Let me stop. I think it was more weird because I could see ever like all of us in one row when I would look up and be like, oh, like we're all like sweating on a mat. And my cousin was like super sweaty, and I was like, please don't fling any of it on me. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia. <laughs> but, yeah. She's not listening. It's being like, girl. like, I was sweating at one point, so where I was like dripping on my nose, and I was just like, I don't want like anyone else to feel like my sweat. And there was someone like right behind me, and I was like. I like, do my feet smell? Like, does my, like, am I going to fart? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, like. I think it was, like, so gassy that morning, too. And I was like, oh, man. Did you eat before you went? We didn't eat before oh, we okay. went. I mean, like, you know, we all, like, took a dump before we left. <laughs> but we, <laughs> I mean, you know. But we had, it was, like, the morning after we had dim sum. So it was just, oh, like, yeah. so it was just, like, gas attack. And so I was like, okay, like. <laughs> It could have been anything. Salt spring. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness I didn't like fart. But I mean, it happens. I've I, heard people fart during yoga. I mean, and then... I've definitely farted during yoga. <laughs> like, I didn't want to fart in front of this person's face because she was like super close behind me. So I'm like, please don't. I'm like, there you go. You had all this space and you chose right behind me. <laughs> but... Yeah. It, yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. We all, especially with like working out too, it's like, it's such like a vulnerable place to put yourself in Mm -hmm. and like, and that's the reason why like we're so shy of trying, trying new exercises or cause it's just, we put like, it's such a vulnerable spot to put yourself Mm -hmm. in. And if you haven't done that regularly, it's like really, it's scary and it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's not natural and working out sucks. And I almost feel like it's easier to try like something new exercise wise because you're not forced to like talk to anyone 
for like an hour, you're rather like doing that activity together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like, it's kind of like your first date. You don't want to like sit down at a bar and like talk to each other, like over a drink. It'd be more fun to go on like a walk or something or do some kind of activity and getting to know people or new people. So yeah, I feel like I would rather do the exercise route than like, let's go network at a bar with people. Uh then Then you have to talk to them. And I'd rather just stand there and drink my gin and tonic and be like, <laughs> fuck all of you. <laughs> You're like, hello, I'm over here. Yeah. But, yeah, I had a thought and I just it just escapes me. But that's okay. That's all good. <laughs> I'm like thrown off because that security guy like scared me. We're recording in Marie's schools and they're closing in 15 minutes. So that's why. <laughs> Fudge monkeys. <laughs> hey. It's future Chi one more time. Um, I wanted to come back, and I think in this next clip, um, you'll hear me discuss annunciation moments, and I just wanted to explain what that is before you kind of get into the next clip. Um, But an annunciation moment, I read this article on LinkedIn, and an annunciation moment is any moment in your life where you feel like it's caused some change in the way that you think or um, like kind of how you view the landscape of your life. Um, So an annunciation moment could be um, something as small as, so I was went on a walk and I saw this beautiful like baby blue jay and I was so fascinated by this bird and I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. And for some reason I was just like, you know, like seeing this bird has made me feel like very free. Um, and in that case, it's not like an annunciation moment where it made me want to change my career path or like my life's course, but it made me feel so like a different way. Um, and, um, so in this next moment, we're talking about, um, you'll hear us, you'll hear me ask Marie, um, about something that she hasn't done that she's wanted to do. Um, and, the point of me asking that question was to hopefully get around to this annunciation moment of like, what would be something that would like make you go back and do that? And I was hoping that question would kind of trigger an annunciation moment for the both of us. Um, but hopefully I will get to ask her that in the next one. But you'll hear from Marie about what she's always wanted to do. And you'll also hear from me a little bit. <clears throat> do you have other questions? Well, okay. So the one question I'd wanted to ask, yeah. and I'm sure everyone has asked you this before. I don't even know if we've talked about this before, but I think I told you, well, I told you earlier, I'll talk more about annunciation moments, like in a separate thing and I'll piece it together. Um, but what's one thing you have always wanted to do, but you haven't? Um, the first thing that came comes to mind is um, go to law school. So I don't know if that's really a good answer or not, but um, I'm getting my MBA right now, which is why we're at Hamlin University. We're in the little student center here. Um, And there's like two things that I've wanted to do, but like I just didn't feel like my personality or my skill set fit either of them. One is going into the military. So Mm -hmm. I... Never thought I would want to go in the military, like, right when I turned 18, like, how a lot of people do, Um, but maybe, like, National Guard, and it crossed my mind, and it just was, like, "Ah, I don't know if I can shoot a gun, I don't know if I can do boot camp, like, 
I don't know if I could do any of that stuff. And so that's why I kind of like pushed it right out of my head. But I kind of wish I did try at least or at mm-hmm. least like entertain the idea. And now I'm too old. Like there's just no way. Um, the other is go to law school. Like when I graduated my undergrad, I thought I would – I thought I was going to get my MBA right away, and I didn't. So I just waited until now. Um but law school was always something that was in the back of my head that I, I don't know. I just thought that I didn't know if I wanted to study for the LSAT. I didn't know if a law career would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just didn't do it. But now that I'm older, I really wish I went to law school, which I don't I know. I mean, you could still go to law school. <laughs> I, could still, I could have an MBA and a JD, I guess. But um, yeah, so those are, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer and probably when I, I go are, home. Those are interesting though. Cause I never knew that you thought about being in the national guard. I think we may have talked about law school, but mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious, like you and you didn't want to study for like the LSAT. Like, is it just, you didn't want to do like just the studying part that goes into it or like the entire like education piece that goes into law school and like doing the LSAT. I think, you know, especially when you're younger, you think certain occupations are certain things. And so (laughs) so in my head, I thought like a lawyer would have to practice, like will want to be a litigator and Mm -hmm. would want to be in court. And really, I just want to be the most boring kind of lawyer. And I just want to like read contracts and write contracts and like help people sort through contracts and Mm -hmm. advise people. Like that's literally the only kind of lawyer I would be. Now that I'm older and then I'm kind of exposed to the different kind of law that is out there. Like, that's all I want to do. I want to like write contracts for people mm-hmm. or help people open a business or mm-hmm. help people read through leases yeah. or whatever. I mean, that's literally all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to actually be a litigator or mm-hmm. any of that kind of. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing though. Cause you're doing business and yeah. then like the business proposals, that's a huge part of it. And that's essentially like very much the same thing. Yeah. So who needs law school? <laughs> Well, because when I think law school, I'm just like, that's just extra years of school that I don't want to do. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't even want to do the ones that I have to do now. So like, <laughs> I'm like, forget it. Can I ask but, you the same question? Yeah. Um, one thing I've always wanted to do that I haven't done. I feel like I've been able to scratch a lot of them off my list this year. Um, I guess maybe like ask my parents more about like their stories back from home. I'm always like nervous I'm a nervous to do it because I like can't speak Hmong that well so even if I ask them in English and they like say it to me in English or like you know they say it to me in Hmong I'll never be able to like um like really understand their story without like speaking Hmong to them so we don't really hear like the full stories or like get the whole concept of it unless like one of the older siblings is around to like kind of probe our parents a little more but I think it like just reminds them of how sad they are or like how sad it was for them to come here. So I don't want to like ask the story, but if I don't ask the stories, then I'll never get them. You know, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. Cause I think, I think many, if many Asian Americans listen to even just like these few minutes right here, I think they would relate so hard mm-hmm. no matter how their family came here. Like your situation, your family situation is way different than like my family situation, but I know nothing about my parents mm-hmm. and like their life together. I wasn't until it wasn't until I was a late teenager that I realized my parents met at Burger King that they worked at together. Yeah. And um 
And so, yeah, like I think many of us have that scenario where Mm -hmm. like our parents are very much like need to know and like they just are very forthcoming with that information and like storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think they're willing to share. I just don't think like, I know that if I hear the stories then I'll just be like a mess and I'll be like, so sad. Cause anytime my dad talks about like his past life, like we just cry because it's just like, it's just so sad that that's what they had to go through. And then we don't understand any of that. And then they've been in this country for so long now. And then my dad's almost like 70, right. he's turning 70 this year. And it's like that whole life was like 50 years ago, but it's like still so clear in his memory. And like, we'll never know what that is. Like, thank God we don't know what that life is like, but like, you know, it's just so different. Um, and then I like was more curious when I was younger because like I'd always wanted to be a storyteller. Like when I was younger, maybe like second or third grade, my parents bought me this little like karaoke machine that could like record on like a set. And so I like carry it around. Maybe I'd like ask people questions. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, so you're meant for this. Like you're meant Oh my God. This. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but then I remember like, I don't know where that tape is, but I remember recording my dad telling a story and I played it for like my fourth grade class because our project was to like do like a history report on our family and like where they came from. And so my dad told me this like long war story and he like said it in English too. So I'm like, if I ever find that tape, it's like over. I'm like, I'd probably like listen to it over and over again. So, but yeah. But I I think you make a point, you know, like I think my parents definitely have feelings Mm -hmm. in, okay. I think my parents can probably articulate a lot in Thai but like uh, that's probably why I don't know a lot of their life because like them sharing their feelings in English is not like it would require translation in their head and like thinking about how to say it in English so yeah yeah it's crazy and it's it's crazy to think like I don't know my family's from Thailand like your family refugeed in Thailand so it's Mm -hmm. just like two different perspectives on what their experience in Thailand is all about Mm -hmm. and even like today like, yeah, like, uh, like any of like our relatives are still over there. It's still like, they're still living like a life in like poverty. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like that could have been us, you know? Yeah. Thank God it's not us. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, mom and dad. But yeah. It's all stuff right here. Nearing the end of this episode that we were recording, um, we were cut off by, of course, the building being closed, as you heard earlier. Um, But just to round out this episode, at least for my part, um, something I've always wanted to do is to tell my parents' story. And I think by hearing and reading books by um, this local Minnesota writer, her name is Kyle Kalia Yang, she wrote this beautiful, two beautiful stories that I've had the pleasure of reading. One is called The Late Homecomer, and the other is called The Song Poet. Um, One is about her grandma's journey um, or her relationship with her grandma. And the other one is about her dad's journey and her relationship with her dad. Um, Reading those stories kind of re-sparked that fire in me that I had when I was younger, um, like in high school. I'd always wanted to tell my parents' story and I've always wanted to find a way to do that. And even though I'm still like in that um, kind of phase where I'm trying to piece together, really figure out how I can go about doing it in a way that does their story justice because they've been through a lot of shit. Um, That's something I've always wanted to do. And yeah, um, I just, I think I have a big fear of not being able to articulate it the right way in Hmong. I just have a fear of 
what I would find out. Um, I am a very emotional and sensitive person. And whenever my dad talks about his old stories, it just makes me like cry. Um, it's so hard to know that that's the kind of life that they had to go through. And that's the kind of life that people are still living these days. And it just, there's never an end to it. And I think that's um, one of the hardest parts is that you know that there's always, there's someone going through that around the world. And it's really hard um, to like take in. Um, we talked about Annunciation Moments earlier, and reading Kaukulia Yang's books was definitely an Annunciation Moment. Um, shifted my gears. It made me think about ways that I could make this podcast a reality and kind of just talk about things that, like, you know, you can't really talk about unless you're in that space to be open. And that sort of sums up the podcast. Um... If you are a listener and you're an active listener, what is something that you haven't done? Um, and, like, why haven't you done it yet? If you don't answer it, like, in the comments or in a review, um, you can always just kind of reflect on that question. And if you haven't done it yet, I encourage you to. Um, the worst thing that will happen is that it's not as successful as you hoped it would be, but that it can always get there. Um I told Marie that I'd had many chances this year to already cross things off of my bucket list. Um, and one of those is to take a hip hop class. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made in my adult life. It's one of the most free places that I feel um, where I can like truly express myself. Um, and like, no one's going to give two shits about what I look like. Um, also like traveling more, um, going back to school. You know, those are the things that you want to do. Those are the things that you hope that you'll be able to complete. Um, but yeah, what haven't you done and when are you going to do it? See, we'll see you next time.